Radio. <laughs> Hello, this is Peter Joseph, and you're listening to V Radio. Good evening, and welcome to this edition of V Radio. Tonight, our topic will be discussing a an atheist student who is persecuted in the state of Louisiana. Um, tonight on my show, uh, I have uh, three members of the Louisiana chapter of the Zeitgeist Movement. And Aaron, who many of you may remember, is Storm Clouds Gathering from YouTube to talk about this topic. I was hoping to get Brian Seaman, but apparently something's come up and I haven't been able to add him to the show. I know Aaron Moritz, also known as Say Days Ago, wants to be added to the call at some point, too. So I'm going to go ahead and have everybody introduce themselves for the listeners. Um, and I'm going to start with you, Nick, since you're new to the show. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is uh, Nick Sector. I am a fan of V Radio and a, and a member of the Zeitgeist Movement of the Louisiana Chapter. I'm so excited to be my first time here as a panelist on the show. Um, it's great to be here. Well, Nick, um, before I let everybody else introduce themselves, I'm going to go ahead and ask you the, the traditional question of uh, at what point in your life uh, did things change to make you an activist? Was there a specific thing that happened that woke you up, or were you always awake? Uh, well, I guess I was always sort of that type of person. Um, I mean, I remember the first thing that really significantly um, uh, affected me was Michael Moore films. I was I was a, I was sort of a fan of Michael Moore because he was such a. I really liked his films. I now I just appreciate him for his whistleblowing since I've been introduced to, to the Zeitgeist movement. But I still watch his films. But I remember watching one of his films on this um, website called TopDocumentaryFilms.com. Then. I remember reading in the comments section about this. Um, everybody was excited about seeing this movie called Zeitgeist Moving Forward, and uh, and everything. And uh, I finally I I decided to check it out because that was someone had posted it on that website before it was the, the official post. It was on there for like a day, and I was pretty lucky to have watched it then. And I watched it, and it just blew me away about the, the possibilities about what our, our world can actually turn into, and I was very fascinated by it. And I think I was really lucky in that regard to have seen the, the latest Zeitgeist movie, because if I had seen like the first Zeitgeist movie, I probably wouldn't have um, been as turned on as I was. And it, and it really um, opened my mind to, to all the technological possibilities that our world could um, – Engage in, and it, it also my technological possibilities. What I could do and rekindle my love for math and science, which has which has degraded over year over the um, public school system, which I probably will go into with this uh, radio show. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to go ahead. Actually, Aaron Moritz is available, so I'm going to go ahead and add him to the panel. But um, all right, um, we're going to have two Aaron's on this show, so it's going to be Zeitgeist Louisiana and Team Aaron on this episode of Zeitgeist <laughs> V Radio. Um, all right, uh, Tenaro, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, this is Tenaro, the uh, Louisiana coordinator for the Zeitgeist Movement. Uh, I live up in Shreveport, which actually is not that far from Bastrop, which is the uh, town that we're going to be talking about tonight. This is where this whole uh, fiasco took place. Um, I can't recall ever actually being in Bastrop, but I have been in Monroe, which is just a few miles from Bastrop. Uh, that's all I've got. Okay. Um, and uh, frankly, so? Yeah, this is frankly so, uh, host of the Sideshow with frankly so and Louisiana, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana area chapter coordinator, uh, former moderator on the forum, admin on TeamSpeak, all of that stuff, uh, member of the tech team on uh, ZeitNews.org, and yeah. All right. Um, 
Okay, and uh, I'm going to let um, Aaron go ahead, meaning Aaron Stormcloud's gathering. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Aaron. Um, of course, you just introduced me some. Um, I'm Stormcloud's gathering from YouTube. Um, the guy who starts, started a bunch of controversy with you guys before, and now we're on speaking terms. <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, there are some things that everybody can agree on, and this is one of them. That's why I was looking forward to having my my friend Brian on tonight, but apparently he's not available. But uh, you know, he's a libertarian, and of course, they generally agree about this attitude as well. Um, and uh, so now I'm going to bring on the second Aaron, and that would be Aaron Moritz, also known as Say Days Ago. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey. Uh, yeah. So my name's Aaron too, and uh, I make uh, YouTube videos mostly about the movement uh you can check them out if you go to youtube type the infinite yes and uh you can find my stuff yep. aaron's also going to be my partner in the upcoming work on my troll documentary that and he and i will be working on together um so look forward to that in the near future if this is your first time tuning into v radio please be you know feel free to check out my website v hyphen or v minus radio.org uh, there you can go to my archives and find more shows like this one. Uh, lots of other great guests, filmmakers, scientists, activists. Um, in addition, you can go to my must-see TV list, uh, where you can find a lot of free documentaries to watch online that I highly recommend. Um, and I have my own forums there. And if you look there on the front page as well, you can find the uh, the Facebook uh, page link for uh, fans of V Radio. That's in the links section. And on the front page, you can find the uh, page for the troll documentary where we've been posting different links and uh, pieces of material that will be used in the film so that you can get kind of an idea about what that will be about. Um, if you like what you've been hearing, please consider a donation to V Radio. You can do that by clicking Donate uh, also on the website. So all of that station identification out of the way. Um, I guess first of all, I would like to go ahead and uh, and open up the, the to the Louisiana people. I'm going to start with you, Frank. Um, have you had any experience with this kind of theocratic nonsense in Louisiana? Myself personally, no. I mean, when I was in school here, it was grade school, so and I was actually uh, religious then. So I, if there was any of that. I didn't pay attention to it, and it certainly didn't come up as you know as the nonsense that it is. When I was in Wichita, when I was going to school in Wichita, Kansas, in junior high and high school, yeah, that kind of stuff came up about prayer in school. And Wichita, Kansas, is not exactly in the Bible Belt; it's in the Sun Belt, but it still considers itself. Uh, it's still a very Christian-oriented place and um yeah it was difficult to deal with it then that's yeah you know it's pretty uh foreign to me to have like any kind of prayer in school but i mean instead we had a different problem which was there was a lot of uh ironically black racists where i was growing up uh who subscribed to the whole uh farrakhan muslim style of worship and as a result, they even let these people have an assembly at our school. I still remember that to this day going, are you kidding me? You know, these guys are actively calling all the white kids in the audience. You know, there weren't many of us, but, you know, the Mark Drace of Cain, and they're calling all the mulattoes, you know, 
and you know abominations of the devil and I'm just like how do the hell do these people get in a public school are you serious you know I just there were so many of us who after the fact in fact many of the black students were like what the hell is this you know like you got to be kidding me these people are crazy but there was just enough of that element around that you know and and, and the funny thing is it was one of the faculty it was one of the teachers who brought them and that just Made me wonder. I was never in that teacher's classes, and made me wonder if the if the white kids and the mulatto kids in his classes were treated any differently. But um, all right, I'm going to turn that over to you, Tanaro. Uh, Chris, have you experienced any of this kind of theocracy in Louisiana? Uh, well, uh, for me, it's uh, for me personally, it's complicated because I've actually uh, had to change the status of my faith more than a few times uh, over my uh, lifetime. Uh, back when I was growing up, uh, I was kind of a, a very loose, uh, liberal believer of baptism. Uh, I never really cared much for church at the time, uh, but we never had to deal with any any uh, church discussion in school. Uh, I can't recall ever remembering uh, having a prayer at my graduation. Um, if it did, I just simply can't remember. But at the time, uh, I was so apathetic towards religion, I, I didn't care if it did go on. You know, I, I, at the time, I was the kind of person who would just uh, plug his ears and pretend to go through the motions, as as a lot of these people are suggesting that uh, this kid we're going to discuss should have done, which um, I'm not going to get into that just yet. Uh, right. But I but I am a, a member of uh, – I am also a member of the local Freethinkers group, and, uh, you know, right here in Shreveport, and among the things that we discuss is – uh, religious tolerance and separation of church and state here in the state of Louisiana. And it's actually pretty grim for Louisiana right now. Uh, we've got the Louisiana Science Education Act, which Bobby Jindal passed, uh, you know, Governor Bobby Jindal passed uh, not long ago. It apparently makes creationism legal to be taught here in the state. In public schools. In public schools. and That's we have just great. Yeah, and we've got a high school student down south by the name of Zach, Cop- uh, Zach Copeland, who is uh, working with other activists to try and get that repealed. And Bobby Jindal, he's fighting it all the whole way. Uh, let's see, we also have a uh, we also have a Democratic representative here in Shreveport who is trying to get a Ten Commandments monument put in down in the Capitol. And I I'm predicting some controversy happening later. And then this uh, incident in Bastrop is coming up and it's just crazy. It sounds crazy. And I've, you know, I'll get into my own stories about this in a little bit, but um, I'm going to go ahead and move on to you, Nick. Uh, Any experiences with this kind of thing in Louisiana? Well, I'm going to have to agree with Chris. Chris, um, I never really had a very strong, like, uh, attachment to any sort of faith. Um, Even, even in Catholic school, I went to Catholic school as a a child, as to grade school. And, (laughs) I, uh, I won't lie. I, I miserably flunked religion class in Catholic school, and uh, and of course, growing up, and then I went moved into um, public school in middle school, and then to high school, and it, it doesn't really, it doesn't you you can you catch whiffs whiffs of it, the, the whole religious thing, because a lot of people down here are religious. This is a very conservative, uh, very traditionalized state, and um, and as we have seen, if you try, if you challenge it, if you try to knock it off its pedestal, it rears its ugly head. This uh, the how I mean, this whole event for me, this this proves beyond a shadow of a doubt, it it proves how small 
makes small psyops work. I mean, it, it proves how how quickly a small group of people, like school officials or people who write for you know the Bastrop Enterprise, will oh so will so quickly and so efficiently demonize uh, a kid for standing up for himself and uh, and. Uh, and how they can convince an entire group of people that I can guarantee you, growing up from that in that environment, those people are not as religious as they paint themselves to be. And I'm not I, I'm not going to be kind about that. And it, it, it just proves to me how quickly and how easily a small group of people can oppose and can uh, convince a lot of people that and they that how they can just de- demonize someone so quickly. You know, I, I wish I could say that was surprising to me. Uh, I mean, I have to say, I was a little shocked when I read this article, but I'm going to get into it. Let me ask the, you know, the other panelists on their own experiences with this, obviously not based out of Louisiana. But um, I'm going to start with uh, Storm Clouds, Aaron. <laughs> I refer to you separately because you're both, you're both Aaron's. Um, well, you can just call me Storm Clouds Gathering. Storm Clouds Gathering, that works. Okay. okay. <laughs> can we just call you Stormy? Yeah, some people do. Yeah, or SCG. Some people. Okay. I, I have all sorts of nicknames. I, I like. She's still running for senator. Me? No, the the. I heard this story. There was a porno star called Stormy running for a senator or something. <laughs> I, have, I didn't know there was a porno star named Stormy. So maybe that's not the best nickname in the world. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> well, hit us up with your opinions on theocracy, your own experiences with it. Um. Well, I did. I don't know if I experienced it in, in public schools when I was in the, the age that I would have noticed. I was at the, I was I think a bit past the public school stage. Um, you know, my my early years, I was just so saturated with the religion that it was just everywhere. Um, so I was actually in a Christian private school until I was in second grade, and then um, you know, I was homeschooled for a while, and then. Then went to public school, and I don't really have a lot of memories of that, um, but I definitely had a lot of memories of, of theocracy or theocracy-type um, attitudes in the general environment. You know, there's a lot, a lot of that in, in uh, Texas. A lot of people who would love to have uh, uh, the Bible be the point of reference for the government. So, And I still hear it you know, every time I get in the car and I turn on the radio because I – tend to listen to uh, kind of the, the most extreme spectrums of political talk. It, it's really difficult and painful sometimes, but I, I listen to AFR to see what they're thinking, to see what they're, they're um, you know, pushing. And it's it's highly disturbing. <laughs> and it, they have more representation in this part of the country, this particular part of the country I'm in, than um, rock stations do. You know? Wow. So... Yeah, there's way more Christian stations than there are uh, quality music stations in this small region. So, so that they, is one of the – oh, go ahead. They definitely have a, a voice that they're getting out. The extreme Christian right scares the hell out of me, and I, I have to admit that the segment of Borat when he went there and kind of did a sting <laughs> operation on them, you know, I – you know, it was at the same time, I, you know, that it was a little bit in poor taste that he was taking advantage of those people. I, I, I had a bit of a guilty pleasure of laughing at their expense. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I have a lot of respect for Texans and their attitudes about freedom, but holy crap, 
<laughs> well, there's so, a mixture. You get it's a definitely a mixed bag. You get some of those some of those characteristics that I do like, and then some of these characteristics that are just like, what the hell are you guys thinking? Oh my god! If you get to get atheist a Texan who turns you know towards atheistic type thinking, then you got something like that's a powder keg, you know. Then you got that's <laughs> that's somebody you want on your side. <laughs> no kidding. Well, that's you know with the with the Rudy Davis Davis interview we did with him, it I, I kept asking him you know why we were evil, and then he would go into stuff about how well you don't believe in you know a higher power, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, okay, so. In other words, we're evil because we're not Christian, and and he would never agree to that wording. You know, he would never, you know, just say, oh, yeah, that's what it is. You know, he would never acknowledge that that's what he was saying, but it became, because I had to ask him repeatedly over the course of this show. So those of you who remember that show or you would be interested in listening to it, a lot of people sent me emails saying that I should be given an award for how patient I was with the guy and I had listeners that were like just chomping at the bit Neil please add me to this call Neil please add me to this call <laughs> like no it's not going to add you to this call you'll be mean to this guy you know um you know even Douglas Millette one of my favorite panelists was like oh my god Neil please let me on <laughs> I'm just like no Doug I know you. <laughs> you you'll eat this guy's face you know <laughs> um, I Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I rem- yeah I remember that interview so clearly. I mean, uh, he he tried to he tried to paint. This is a very central um, uh, argument that the Christians bring up. I'm an atheist myself, so here this is my perspective on the matter. This is a very central um, argument that they break up. That without God, you can't have a, a moral base or anything. And this uh, this event that we're talking about, how this kid, because because if you read the entire article, this kid he was ostracized from his entire community, and then the atheist community came forward with him. I mean, they even had a Facebook group where they raised over sixteen thousand dollars for his um, college education, even though even when his own parents like kicked him out of the house and cut off financial support from him, they came through to him. People who don't believe in God, I mean, right. that proves beyond uh, a shadow of a doubt that you do not that you do not need a, a God to, to have a sense of morality. We will definitely get into that, Nick. I, I want to ask Aaron, this, the other Aaron, the same questions real quick. Um, although I heard somebody else queuing up. Was there something you wanted to say, Chris? Uh, yeah, speaking of that uh, $16,000 uh, college fund that the atheist community are chipping in for. Well, is it about uh, that? <laughs> can, yeah, can, can, it, it's, re- it's really quick. Okay, uh, good. I, I checked it before the show. It's now up to 24500 Whoa. That's awesome. Well, Okay. Well, that being said, uh, I also want to put up a quick disclaimer to those of my listeners who might actually be religious. It's not the issue that religion, and and I imagine you're going to listen to some fun poking on the part of religious people at some point during the course of this broadcast. I know I have listeners (laughs) that are religious. Um, It's important to understand, and the funny thing is, is that the majority of my, even my religious friends, find this incredibly offensive. I've even got friends who are in the Constitution Party, which is essentially a theocratic Christian party um, that is libertarian leaning, I'd call them like probably Christian libertarian in a lot of ways, who also think that this is just outrageous. You know, you can't do all of this. You know, if you want to go to religious school, there are religious schools. You pay for them yourself. You don't ask the state to do it. You know, um, but once again, now I'm getting off track. So let me go ahead and go to Aaron. Um, 
say days ago, Aaron. Um, go ahead and add your own experiences with theocracy, or even just your own take on it. You know, depending on whatever you you've ran into in life. Uh, well, I did. I I went to Catholic school, like from kindergarten to grade twelve. But um, it's basically like up here. It's basically a Catholic public school, like. The two systems are run side by side each other, so prayer in school was like every day for me. But um, this kind of like religious extremism that I hear coming out of the states is just kind of completely different than what we had there. Um, like I know at the public schools there was no prayer, like they had no religion class, but it was kind of a very innocuous thing at my school. Um, religion class was easy. It was like, you know, is God good? Yes. And then, um, <laughs> you got it right. Good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So I guess then it, you know, I, I, I guess we do, we have to remember you're, you're dealing with Canada. I, I yes. don't know what separation of church and state looks like in Canada. I've never read your constitution. Maybe you can shed a little light on that. Um, you know, I'm not even sure. Like I know, there is some separation of church and state, obviously. And these are like, um, I I really don't know what the deal is with the public Catholic schools. I just know that like basically half the schools in the city I grew up in were Catholic schools. And most of the kids, or at least half of the kids went to them. Like, and I don't know, it was just a normal thing. I never questioned it growing up because it was normalcy. And I still haven't really looked into it. I don't know. Right. I guess then you, but you know now you're obviously atheist. I've listened to some pretty compelling arguments in some of yeah. your YouTube videos. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I guess now that it comes full circle back to me. Um, my own experiences, ironically, uh, speaking of Texans and theocracy, uh, one of the things that led me to part ways with being in the Ron Paul quote-unquote movement. Uh, was the fact that uh, he endorsed the theocratic candidate Chuck Baldwin, and I looked up the Constitution Party's platform and was like, wow, there's no way I can get behind this. It was, you know, there was like just blatant gay bashing in it. There was all kinds of suggestions the state should have the right to intervene, to ban profanity, that it was actually part of their freedom of speech, you know, we ask the government to uphold our God-given freedom of speech to ban profanity. <laughs> so that's, that's in the wording. I was like, what? You think the freedom of speech gives you the right to ban things? Are you serious? <laughs> you know, I just, I couldn't believe it. You know, and I, that's actually what got me in a lot of trouble with my, uh, when I was part of Ron Paul Radio, my, one of my first radio networks, was that they were supporting Chuck Baldwin because Ron Paul said so. And I was like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> This is ridiculous. And then they're like, well, well, why don't you call in? You know, we'll let Daryl handle you because they had, you know, his vice presidential candidate there who apparently was on the committee that wrote this crazy stuff. And unfortunately for them, as you can probably imagine, you guys know my, all know my personality pretty well. It didn't really go well for Mr. For Mr. Castle um, because he was on the committee that wrote the, the platform that said some of these things. And then I started quoting them on the air. And they were really hoping to hijack the libertarian vote that year. So me pointing out these things like, so you believe then that the freedom of speech includes banning profanity and pornography? And he got quiet for a moment because he didn't want to answer me. You know, and then people <laughs> acted like they made it up. And I'm like, it's on your website. You know, you know, I, in fact, encourage the listeners to go to the website 
<laughs> and looked this up. They they ended up throwing me off the air for that because I was, you know, they they just basically try had to try to you know play you know keep away and pretend that that wasn't being said because they were really hoping to to get the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party's vote because we had that Bob Barr idiot, you know, um, who was just as bad, you know, one of the authors of the the quote unquote Defense of Marriage Act and the uh, and he was really against Wiccans and the military and didn't think that they had a right to their religious beliefs. And I was, jeez, you know, even the libertarian guy's a freaking theocrat, you know. Um, but uh, in my own life, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but uh, my ex-wife uh, had a boyfriend, you know, who she had a daughter with. And they were, you know, he has custody of her. And he was randomly coming up with different reasons to try to deny my ex-wife visitation rights and so at the time i was wiccan this is before my current atheist phase um and uh so they he decided to suddenly find god so that he would have an excuse to try to say that she couldn't see the kids because in some states i was actually shocked because i had to research all this stuff ourselves because you know we couldn't afford a lawyer and he had one i was appalled at the way some of the state laws about this work in some states, if the person who has custody of the kids doesn't approve of your religion, they can just say, well, no visitation for you. That's it. There's no litigation, nothing. They can just say, I don't approve of your religious choices, and you get no visitation rights, period, end. You know, I, I, don't, I don't see how that's constitutional. It isn't. I don't understand how that works because, I mean, if you're both parents of the child, then you both have parental rights. I know, and and in one of the case studies I did, um, there was a there was a Wiccan couple, okay, as in a couple of people who followed the Wiccan religion, okay, who had children, had a son together. They had raised him Wiccan. There was no question at all that their child was Wiccan and that they didn't have a problem with it. The judge ordered them that they could not teach their son their religion and that they had to find a more orthodox religion. Yeah, I heard I heard about that too. As part of the huh. um um what ha all right. Now part of what we're talking about in this show is separation of church and state. I mean that's the biggest part of this show. What the fuck happened there? <laughs> you know what's even worse about that? Not only did the guy not get fired or in any way disciplined, he got actually promoted to the appeals court. So that's what happened to the judge who did that. Now, and to further my story, um, I actually, you know, I was not really aware of how bad the theocratic element could be in the modern court system until I was asked the following questions in American courtroom, okay? This is not paraphrasing. We sa They said, do you drink human blood? Do you, <laughs> do you make packs with dark powers? <laughs> these people have absolutely no clue what Wiccan is about. Well, I know, obviously, but the, but the point was, at the end of all of this, I got so sick of it, and the lawyer was really trying to intimidate me, which, once again, as you can probably imagine, doesn't work. So I looked at the guy, and I said, and then I looked at the at the judge, and I said, Your Honor, I do believe there is legal precedent to determine what the prosecution is trying to demonstrate right now. If you would like, I could give advice to the court on how best to uh, determine exactly what it is that he's trying to determine. Why don't we all go to a body of water, and there you can tie my hands and my legs behind my back and throw me in. <laughs> and if I yeah, the bottom in is, town, 
then you'll know that my soul, you know, that I was an agent of the devil. Or no, no, I'm sorry, no. If I sink to the bottom and drown, well, then you'll know my soul is with heaven. But if I float and survive, well, then you'll know I'm an agent of the devil, and you'll have to burn me to death immediately. Oh, and his church can have all my stuff. Or you can stop asking me questions that violate my First Amendment rights. How about that? You know, and the judge actually chuckled, but and the lawyers looked just looked like his head was going to blow up. It was pretty clear he was not ready for me to just snap back at him like that. Yeah, yeah what the judge was saying was definitely it definitely sounds exactly like what the Boston Enterprise was doing to this Damon Fowler kid in this uh, specific case down here here at Bastrop. I mean, if you read some of the things that they 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 wrote about, I mean, it's in the article. It says here's one of the quotes that they read. Oh, you're going to read it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to read from it for sure. I just want to okay. get a, kind of a, a, a grand, you know, like a, just kind of a, a roundtable discussion. We got plenty of time to, you know, okay. get people's, you know, opinions and all of that. But you know, to be told that, and you know, at the end of the day, you know, they couldn't deny my ex-wife visitation directly. So instead, they came up with this uh, really subtle way to uh, just make sure that she couldn't get her visitation back by giving her this. Uh, schedule that she would have to fill while while we lived in uh, Michigan and the child lived in Ohio that wasn't even physically possible. And if she couldn't do this, then she wouldn't be allowed to do it. And that's why, even though the judge did give me credit for what I had said, it's a very small town, and I have a strong feeling that the judge went to the same church that you know her ex boyfriend did. You know, so it, there was no way. You know, they they couldn't do it constitutionally, so they just came up with other excuses on how to handle it. But so that being said, I'm going to go ahead and go into this this article a little bit, which I have linked in the chat room. So those of you who are looking for this later, who are listening to the broadcast downloaded, you can go to my, you know, go to the Zeitgeist Movement forums, and in the news section, it's V Radio, you know, discuss or forum discussing uh, atheist student who is persecuted or something like that, and you'll find the link to this article. But um. <clears throat> Damon Fowler, an atheist student at Bastrop High School in Louisiana, was about to graduate. His public school was planning to have a prayer as part of the graduation ceremony, as they traditionally did, as so many public schools around the country do every year. But Fowler, knowing that government-sponsored prayer in the public schools is unconstitutional and legally forbidden, contacted the school superintendent to let him know that he opposed the prayer and would be contacting the ACLU if it happened. The school, at first anyway, agreed and canceled the prayer. Then Fowler's name and his role in this incident was leaked. As a direct result, one, Fowler has been hounded, pillaried, whatever that means, and ostracized by his community. Two, one of Fowler's teachers has publicly demeaned him. Three, Fowler has been physically threatened. Students have threatened to jump him at a graduation practice and he has received multiple threats of bodily harm and even death threats. Four, Fowler's parents have cut off his financial support, kicked him out of the house, and thrown his belongings onto the front porch. Oh, and by the way, they went ahead and had the graduation party uh, prayer anyway. And you can link there to a YouTube video of them doing it. Um, now, it says, before we get into the details, let's be clear about the facts of the law. Nobody, and not Fowler, no, not Fowler, not the ACLU, nobody is telling anybody at Bastrop High School that they can't pray. People can pray at the graduations and other school events all they want. The sole issue here is whether a public school can have a prayer at a graduation or other school event as an official school-sponsored part of the program. 
Individual prayer, hunky-dory. Off-campus prayers at churches or private events, knock yourself out. Government promotion of a religious agenda, not so much. What with the First Amendment and the establishment of a religion bit and all, it's a law and a constitution that protects everybody, not just atheists. If you wouldn't want to be subjected to a government-sponsored Buddhist prayer, you ought not be subjecting others to a government-sponsored Christian prayer. Okay, I hope that's clear. So here's a little more detail about what exactly happened with Damon Fowler. One, Fowler has been founded, and we actually, he repeats himself here, you know, he's become the center of what he terms a, well, shitstorm. He has been harassed, vilified, targeted with insults and name-calling and hateful remarks. He's been told he's the devil. He's been told, go cry to your mommy. Oh, wait, you can't. Wow. Arrested <laughs> to him being disowned by his parents. He's been told that he's only doing this to get attention. A student's public prayer at a pre-graduation class night event was turned into an opportunity for the school and community to gang up on Fowler and publicly close ranks against him. Teachers as well as students, there's video of it, and people seen defending him have been targeted as well. As just a taste, here are a few comments on the Bastrop Enterprises news story about the controversy. Quote, I personally see him as a coward, end quote. Quote, I hope they, meaning Christians, put enough pressure on this kid to convert him and save his soul from the fire of hell, end quote. Quote, the kid was likely a recluse and apathetic about almost everything until now, end quote. Quote, if he don't want, if he don't want prayer at graduation, he can stay at home and not come to graduation, end quote. <laughs> quote, after all, that's what he or she wants, isn't it, to be singled out. This just makes me ill, end quote. It makes me ill, too, buddy. Quote, I hope that that little atheist is offended. <laughs> what he is really doing is trying to shove his views down people's throats. And My favorite. Why does this student now decide to get engaged in what is happening at the school? Is it nothing more than our own self-destructive human nature to break down anything of which we may not approve? This is another quote, huh. apparently. That student should not have to have his or her one-man graduation ceremony all, or should just have to have his or her one-man graduation ceremony all alone, end quote. Quote, Satan continues to prowl and is deceiving many in this world. I <laughs> had to make that one dramatic. Um, we need a chimpanzee for hell. Right. That's right. <laughs> Sent to deceive us. Okay, from the story in Barler Enterprise, Mitzi Quinn has been on the staff at BHS for almost 25 years, much of that time as a senior advisor. In the past, Quinn said there have been students who were atheist, agnostic, and other non-Christian religions who had no problems with the prayer. They respected the, <clears throat> they respected the maturity of their classmates and didn't say anything, Quinn said. We've never had this come up before. Never. Throughout oh, shit. Well, yeah. Throughout the time working with the students, Quinn said they never expressed their personal beliefs or that they had any problems with the other students. Christians. I wonder why. Yeah, we're getting into that, too. And what's even more sad is that this student, who really hasn't contributed anything to graduation or to their classmates, Quinn said, emphasis mine. In other words, because the majority of students want an unconstitutional prayer at their graduation, therefore they're in the right. Because nobody's ever had the courage to speak up about this before. Therefore, the law was not being broken and everything was okay. After all, it's not like anything bad happened when Fowler spoke up, right? And because Fowler hasn't contributed anything, other than, you know, a model of risking safety and security to stand up for a principle he believed in, 
Therefore, his basic legal right to not be targeted with religious proselytization by his public school is irrelevant, and he deserves to be publicly derided by one of his teachers. Now, you go over the fact, you know, the, the physical threats and all that, you know, I got to tell you, I can't think of anything more Christ-like than jumping a kid at graduation for not loving Jesus. You know, that's exactly. That's why I uh, pointed out that these people – I've I've been in this environment before, and it, I, it, it, I know these people are not as religious as they, as they paint themselves to be, especially the students. I mean, it, they, it's, this is why I think it's a it, – it, to me, it seems like a psyop because it's, it, it was so easy – for the people who, who the people in charge of this school who want to per- perpetrate this uh, tradition, were able to you know uh, convince all these students that th- this this damned Fowler kid is trying to take away your uh, your your right to pray, even though he was just trying to take away the uh, the from to prevent the ceremony from trying to impose any type of faith on the students. I mean. It, it, I mean, the Quinn, this Quinn person, I, I highly doubt she would have, uh, she would, she wouldn't have been uh, supportive if, like, the ceremony was trying to impose, like, a, 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 for the students, to, like, you no know, worship Zeus or something like that. And, and if she like, and and it would have been funny to watch her, you know, get into Damon Fowler's shoes if something like that happened, and watched, you know, the boss, the Bastrop Enterprise demonize her for trying to question, uh, trying to. Trying to demonize her and trying to uh, 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 force, try to try to paint her as someone who's trying to take uh, this, uh, their uh, students right away from trying to pray to Zeus or something like that. Right. Well, let me let me go ahead and finish this one section, and then we're going to go to all of the panelists on this part of the article. But um, now to emphasize on what happened with Fowler's parents cutting off his financial support, let's be very very clear about this. At one time. Or I'm sorry, at a time when their son was being bullied, threatened, publicly pilloried, I'm sorry, I still don't know what that is, I'm sure I'm saying it wrong, and ostracizing from his school and his community, his parents joined the party. Their initial response was to hold him in their house against his will, take his cell phone and cut off his contact with the outside world, and even cut him off from contact with his older brother, Jared. Their more recent response has been to cut off financial support kick him out of the house, and throw his belongings onto the porch. Now, and then he says, fortunately, Damon isn't entirely alone. His brother Jared is bringing Damon into his home in Texas and will help put him through college. And Damon is fortunate enough to have the backing of the atheist community who are providing encouragement, emotional support, practical assistance, and even a scholarship fund. More on that in a moment. I'm going to go ahead and pause there and get uh, replies from everybody so far about what this has gone. Nick, you've already had a chance to speak a little bit on it. I'm going to go ahead and go to Frank. Um, So what do you think of this so far, Frank? Well, all right. First of all, let's uh, clear up a a term that was misunderstood or not understood. Pilloried. Pilloried, uh, correct pronunciation, uh, is a pillory. A pillory or you know is the act of pillorying someone um past participle <laughs> um and a pillory is the what we now commonly refer to as the stocks where you had a place a uh, notch for your head and two notches for your arms and you were stuck out in the village square to be made fun of and derided by the public at large in so, other words a, a form of public humiliation exactly Okay, makes perfect sense now. Thank you for updating me on my medieval torture. I'm ashamed that I don't remember that I didn't know what that meant. 
But um, all right, now that you've explained that, go ahead on with your opinion of the circumstances. Okay. Um, my opinion on all of this is I, I wonder what those people would have done if someone had suggested, hey, instead of a prayer, let's have a sacrificial lamp for our graduation ceremony. Exactly. As per you the know? Bible. And, and we'll dedicate it to Baal. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Baal. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, no. I mean, Satanists don't get freedom of religion. The, the, the founding fathers only well, mentioned Baal's that. not a Satan. Uh, Baal's not Satan. Oh, a okay. common misunderstanding of a lot of Christians, though. I mean, if it's not the Christian God, then of course it's the devil. You know, right. uh, Zeus is the devil, and uh, Baal is the devil, and El is the devil. Even though Abraham in the Bible. Said, uh, you know, called his God L. Right. Now, I guess you know, the question I guess you're asking is, how would you feel if we decided to do this? You know, and, and of course they they would be opposed to that. You know, um, but it's that's the double standard of it. I mean, I thought the same thing to myself that although I would never invite, you know, skinheads to do anything, you know, I wondered how the faculty, you know, at Pontiac Northern High School would react if I wanted to have a, you know, an Aryan nation rally, you know, with students in attendance, you know, where these idiotic racists were pointing at all the black kids and, you know, calling them yeah. this or calling them that, you know, I'm sure they would, you know, wouldn't be too okay with that, you know, well, and that's just crazy. One yeah. of the things that I noticed that when I was going through the article and reading the stuff and watching the video and everything, um, in the comments section after the video because the video was posted on YouTube. In the comments section, there was one Christian who made the statement, well, it was a student that decided to go ahead and have the prayer, and and it was all kinds of students who joined in, and since the student said, those who agree with me stand up, but those who don't, don't need to, you know, that makes it okay, except for one thing. It was held in a public location in a public school at a public school function the authorities at this public function should have stood up and said wait a minute we cannot endorse this you're free to do whatever the hell you want but we can't endorse this you don't need to use my microphone to do it either exactly. <laughs> you know, my, but my here's, my, here's my thing about it and this is a thing that was really screwy you know how we have that separation of church and state. So since then, a lot of Christians and uh, other religious people wanting to be able to have some moment of uh, prayer or whatever, silent prayer, at public events, came up with this workaround, right? We'll have a moment of silence. We'll just call it a moment of silence. This gives the religious people a chance to have their prayer or contem quiet contemplation or whatever, and even the atheists and the agnostics and what have you, they can have a quiet moment of contemplation also in their own right. <laughs> These people did this twice now. They did the they did the prayer and and then had the moment of silence. A very brief moment of silence, mind you. Right. Just to just to kind of you know smear it in a little bit, and that's right. actually the YouTube video that they link in the article is listed as saying you know prayer for spite, you know <laughs> spite the guy, you know. Um, 
All right, I'm going to move on to storm clouds. What did you think about this article so far? Wasn't really surprising to me. I mean, I've seen quite a bit of that kind of attitude. It's it, it is surprising in a general sense that that still exists, but once you know that it exists, it shouldn't shock you. It's just uh, our society is there's a there's a whole mess of them that are like operating from the dark ages kind of mentality. And that's one of the things that I just spend a lot of time trying to figure out how you crack this. I mean, you can't you can't hit these people with, uh, there is no God. That doesn't work. And you can't hit them with, I mean, besides, it, there is no God is irrelevant. It, it, whether there's a God or not, it doesn't matter. It, the question isn't even that. It's 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 the the herd mentality that, that, that really counts. It's, that's the psyop. Well, I mean, that's kind of a that's a specific term for military operations. But I mean, you don't need a psyop to to, to be talking about herd mentality. I mean, people will do it to themselves. They don't need right. someone else from the military to do it. They just do it to themselves. People people will do it. You put you know a hundred people who don't think for themselves in a room, they'll form some kind of of religious gaggle in a certain amount of time. I mean, I don't know how long it'll take, but they do it. That's just the tendency. And it takes a certain level of critical thinking to get past that. And yeah, it's it's in short supply. And, and in general, it's, you know, the thing is, this is one of those epidemics that I find actually appearing all across society, even you know, as horrible and, and heretical as this might seem. I even find it inside of the atheist community. I find, you know, Atheists operating from herd mentality, and operating from the the, the standpoint of uh, you know hearing one person saying something, and then when another person repeats it, and then suddenly you know it must be true because all these people are repeating it. Um, it's 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 deeper. The, the the underlying principle is deeper than the specific belief. Yeah, I guess you're right about that, Aaron. I guess what I was trying to point out with all like the all the psyop thing was like they like the the bastard enterprise, the school officials, this um, Quinn teacher person. They just egged this on. They didn't try to control the situation. They didn't try to protect this uh, um, Fowler kid. They just egged it on. They didn't do anything to stop it. Well, yeah, but these people. I mean, I don't look at them as like a as operating according to their government functions in that sense, because they're obviously not obeying the law. And I think they're just letting their human weakness take over. And that's, you know, what you find in most cases, people, will, you know, if they feel like the herd is supporting them, they will bend the rules. Um, yeah, I guess I meant by a PSYOP, I meant like a small scale, not, not, nothing like involved, like some sort of government conspiracy or anything like that. Right. I, I, I think you guys are on the same page about that. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, the, the, the terminology throws me off because I, I take it as the literal the literal thing, but yeah, it's it's one of those things that I spend a lot of time thinking about, but in a, in the more abstract sense, not in a specific sense, and it, and sometimes that's why, like, I'll try I try when I'm talking to people to use a, a separate issue than the one that is their hot hot topic to point it out. You know, like on my channel, in recent weeks, I've made videos attacking this kind of the silver bug um, subculture, um, the, the, the little things that they, they start doing their herd mentality thing with. But, but the reason is because I have a whole bunch of conservative Christians who watch my channel. 
and that's not an accident. I built up this channel on purpose to try to get a certain number of them listening to me so that I would have a chance to actually say something to them. And it's a very delicate situation because, you know, most atheists tend to just slam them in the face and they just walk away. Like as soon as they find out you're an atheist, then it's like, oh, I'm not listening. Uh No, this person, no, 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 no. And so so it's it's a really tricky situation if you actually want to get through to them and actually change something, which if if you really want to like seek down in your heart what you really, really want, that's got to be the goal. And it's really subtle. Well, um, I have one little comment to make in response to that. Well, you you were Uh, next anyway, so go ahead, Chris. Okay. (laughs) Um, It's one of the reasons why I love your um, – what what is his name? Uh, Jim Bob the Patriot? Yeah. (laughs) It's why I like that, and I I love Edward Current. Because (laughs) these are – I mean, Edward Current is not a Christian, but he's really, really, really good at – appearing to be, and he uses your standard Christian rhetoric in order to uh, defend Christianity, and it really, it's all satire and humor, and, uh, you know, he deliberately drops the ball uh, dozens of times in in every video he does, and what I find most absurd is that Christians actually cite his videos. (laughs) (laughs) Dum-de-dum-de-dum, I don't believe in God, dum-de-dum-de-dum. That's just great. All right. (laughs) Did you have more on that, Chris? <laughs> well, uh, aside from that topic, on uh, on the topic I- at hand here, uh, I am just utterly astounded and appalled, really. And uh, I-, I could I could stay, uh, sit here and talk about my my atheist positions and how I, I think the country needs more critical thinking, uh, but really, what the issue here is just flat out uh, bigotry coming out of Bastrop, Louisiana, and and really. Uh, if, if it's just a handful of people who are just intolerant bigots, that's just fine. But uh, oh, yeah, I mean, that, I'm not going to say that's fine. That's bad enough. But what we have going on here uh, is what appears to be institutionalized bigotry uh, all throughout the community, and I, and I and I find it ironic that all of this um, happened around a celebration where a group of kids were supposed to get together and celebrate that they are now educated, and yet <laughs> they in the community around them blatantly demonstrated how uneducated they all are, <laughs> except for this one kid who knew what he was talking about. Right. No, that's and it's funny, actually, that I've seen this sort of thing, not just, I mean, just to, to continue with what, you know, even with what Aaron was saying, I've seen this sort of thing even in quote-unquote free-thinking societies. If you go to the Libertarian Party convention, they are ruthless with anybody who does not sound exactly like them. If you deviate even from the slightest in Ayn Rand's teachings, in the free market teachings, in, you know, you know, if you say anything about a group of people working together, then they're shouting collectivist at you. You know, if, if you talk about, you know, anything that's outside of it, they are just they are just nasty to each other. That's why, you know, I keep bringing this up. Michael Badnerick, one of their former presidential candidates, you know, got up at the last convention and told them, you guys are vicious with each other. You know, you're nasty to one another. Oh, and and that's a group of people that are supposed to be all about free thinking. What they really mean is everybody should be free to be libertarian. And if they're not, then I'm going to ridicule them until they change. You know, <laughs> I'm going to bully them until they change. You know, and that's that's why I, I've managed to convince a lot of libertarians that the initiation of force in a verbal and mental sense is still relevant, including, I might add, 
Stefan Molyneux, who's decided that he's going to help me with the with the troll project. So we'll have representative from the right as well, because the the troll project is not just right or left or zeitgeist or non zeitgeist. It's for everybody. But anyway, um, uh, so uh, Frank, Neil. oh, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Uh, I have a statement that I uh, uh, that I would like to share. It's it was left on the Bastrop. Uh, uh, what is that newspaper? The Bastrop Enterprise. Is that what it was yeah. called? Uh, it was an individual who identified himself only as RLR, mm-hmm. and he let and he left us a, uh, a quote in the form of a in the form of a letter uh, in response to the story, and uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. And and, and he, it starts off, "Dear outraged Christians, no, you are not being persecuted or discriminated against just because you are not allowed to force other people to follow your religion." Prayer in public goes against Christian principles anyway because it is it is a display of vanity and if you actually bother to read the Bible it says to pray in private about the majority argument that logic if this country ever becomes muslim majority it is then acceptable to require hijabs and bending over and praying to Allah at graduations if you don't like it then stick your fingers in your ears <laughs> and uh, and about that logic, sticking your fingers in your ears, uh, I think I'll just try that and see how tolerant religious people are of that. What theists really want is for non-religious to humor them, go through the motions, and pretend they believe in their fairy tales, because any statement of opinions that don't flatter religion are, quote-unquote, disrespectful. It's disrespectful, right? You know, and, and they wouldn't be okay with the majority becoming Muslim because Islam is obviously evil. So, you know, at that point, you know, it wouldn't be right. You know, then we should all be about you know individual rights of you know Christians and all that. I, that idiotic ex-roommate of mine that I told you guys about, and and I'll get into more of this later, but you know, he was the one who kept telling me, you know, there's a change in this country that it's making it so that it's only legal to be any religion but Christian, and I was just like, what are you talking about? (laughs) All right, now that makes it Frank's turn. Go ahead. Well, actually, I had a turn, and it's actually... Oh, I messed up then. Go for it. Go for it, Aaron. Other Aaron. (laughs) Say days ago. Um, Yeah, I was just looking around on Google, um, trying to find whatever our separation of church and state laws in Canada are here. And like I said, we do have publicly funded Catholic schools, but I I don't know, just this reaction from the public, like the whole school ostracizing him, a teacher speaking out against him and his parents kicking him out. Like I couldn't imagine that happening up here. That whole reaction was just amazing to me. That Like when I first read the article, that's what stood out was that... Not that they wanted to have the prayer at the school, because I understand that they're Christian or it's a largely Christian community, but just that they would get so angry that this kid said something about it, brought up, you know, the law that, you know, he shouldn't have to go to a school event with a prayer and that his his parents would turn against him like his parents i i don't know it's it's really hard for me to um understand that yeah a law written in a constitution that they think was written by christian founding fathers right so therefore they meant this you know that's the thing that i get into i guess because now it's kind of my turn now one of the biggest arguments that i got into these with these people is they're like 
the ones who say that you know the that the Constitution was founded on biblical principles and that they actually meant you know that everybody was free to be Christian and all this other jazz. I'm like, you know, if that's what they wanted, why didn't they just say it? Because it's extremely hard for you to find anything in the Constitution to say that that's what they wanted. Because they didn't. The only two references to religion at all in the Constitution are a there are to be no religious tests to determine whether or not you are fit for office. Okay, now, if you wanted your country to be a Christian theocracy, that seems a little bit counterproductive. Okay, so we can't test him to be sure if he's Christian. In fact, that sounds like the opposite of what a theocracy would do. You certainly couldn't get away with that in a Muslim theocracy. You know, we got to be sure you're pious, so there's no way you're going to lead us. You know... Um, and and also the idea says you know no laws will be made with respect to the establishment of a religion essentially so that's the only time the two times that religion is brought up in the constitution at all and they both sound kind of on the side of no you know if they wanted it to be a theocracy all they would have had to do is say it anywhere and they didn't you know well, this um, is so ridiculous go ahead Chris yeah I, I mean uh, it's this whole Christian nation myth really. Uh, and they try they try to spin the founding fathers as if they were Christian. The truth of the matter is the fact is that most of our founding fathers, or at least the most notable ones, I'm not going to say most of them, uh, were in fact deists. Uh, they weren't Christians. Uh, Benjamin Franklin, James Madison, Thomas Paine, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson was the one who wrote that there should be a wall of separation between church and state. And if you think that this is a Christian nation, if you think the laws are based on on, on the on the the biblical laws, uh, then put the put the amendments right next to the Ten Commandments. Uh, the the first uh, you know the first commandment is uh, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and the first amendment is the exact opposite. You can you can worship whoever you want, and in addition to that uh, that ridiculous notion, uh, the whole Christian nation. Really, for me, what really uh, sinks the whole Christian nation myth is, is the Treaty of Tripoli, and I think I've described it to you once, Neil. Mm -hmm. um, Article 11 of the 1797 Treaty of Tripoli states quite explicitly that the government of the United States was not founded on Christian beliefs. This uh, this treaty was negotiated under President. George Washington, and it was uh, ratified uh, unanimously by Congress under, um, uh, I think it was John Adams that uh, was the one who actually uh, passed it, and uh, there there was there was no conflict regarding its wording. It stated flat out, and this is what your uh, founding fathers uh, advocated whenever they uh, established the United States. They wanted a secular nation. This Christian nation myth is just plain wrong. Well, and then let me go ahead and finish the, the, what I was going to say. But it, it basically, um, it, it's not just about the rights of atheists. Okay, this is about the religious rights of every student. Okay, exactly. You know, uh, Jewish but, kids don't pray the same as Christian kids. You know, Muslim kids don't pray the same as you know Christian kids. And to be honest with you, I would be extremely offended if, you know, I were a Jewish person or an, you know, or a Muslim person, you know, forced to deal with a Christian prayer. And it's funny that you bring up the, the Treaty of Tripoli because the whole point of making the point that we weren't a Christian nation was to assure the Muslims 
in Tripoli that we that we weren't you know some Christian country that was going to get them. You know, that's it. You know that was that was their concern is we want to be sure these people know. You know, although we do have Christian people in our country, we're not a Christian nation that's coming to get you. You know, um, and that that's why it was relevant. And because and that's another funny thing about this. As much as they harp on Islam, I've been studying the Crusades a lot lately because of my interest in knighthood for my my atheist night book I'm writing, um, and uh, which ironically is about atheist stuff. But is the fact that in most instances during the Crusades, when they came to cities to take them from the Muslims, the Muslims gave complete freedom of religion to all, you know, all of the sects. The Christians and the and the Jews were allowed to use all of the holy sites, you know, and worship any way they wanted, pray any way they wanted, and the Muslims didn't care, you know. And that's not uh, something that you would have gotten out of a Christian church at the time. You know, if you don't worship the same way they do, then you get burned. This is the reason that theocracy is just not a good idea. You know, um, and the funny thing, and, and let's and let's just talk about this once again. You know, from the perspective of religious people, uh, one a little thing that people don't know is that the reason that the Amish separated from the main church, the Amish people, was because of an argument over whether or not you should be baptizing babies, children who are not old enough to recognize whether and you know what it is that's taking place. And that argument became so bad that the the, the church that became the Amish church separated off and as a result you cannot officially join the Amish church until you were of age you can be raised with them you can go to church with them but there's a stage I think it's at 16 but I could be wrong on the age there where they're set free to do whatever they want and explore the world and determine if this is what they really want for themselves and then they get to come back and make a cognitive choice as to whether or not they want to be baptized and officially join the church and and there's a big point to that okay in the Quran uh, the Muslim book, it states there is to be no compulsion in religion. And the reason why is there's no faith in that. If I've got to force you to say your prayers, that's not you loving God. That's you fearing me. You know, <laughs> so, duh. You know, and, uh, the, and that's why at the end of the day, even from a religious perspective, this is not how things would be done. That's why I said it certainly seems Christ-like that we should just go find this atheist kid and beat him up. I'm sure that's exactly what Jesus would want, right? You know, Mr. Those Who Live By The Sword, Die By The Sword would just want you to go find a guy who's an unbeliever and beat the crap out of him. And if you're his parents, throw that kid on the porch because I guarantee you, you will certainly improve that child's attitude about your religion by abandoning him and throwing him out on the streets. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, uh, as I said before, you you'd be surprised. I mean, how much? How do you? How much do you think those students actually pray? How much do you actually think they actually go to church? I mean, if you actually looked at what they're doing, if you actually did like a survey or something like that, you'd be very surprised. Like, none of them actually really, you know, are religious. Right. You know, um, going back to to where we were before um, with the. Bill of Rights and uh, Constitution and all of that. I think it was in the Bill of Rights, and I'm not sure, but there's a statement somewhere in the legal documents that make up the United States and define it as a nation that uh, we should have freedom of religion. And I've had that argument with some Christians uh, before. You know, uh, Christians have I've been in conversation with them as friends and what have you, and they they've asked me so. What do you believe? And I, I'm like, 
uh, I don't believe in any gods or anything. You don't believe in any gods, but you have to. Well, I do. Why? Well, because it, it's in the Constitution. You, you, <laughs> we have freedom of religion. You can choose to believe whatever you want to believe, but you got to believe in something. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure I have the right to believe in nothing. Right. You know, freedom from religion. Oh, no, no, no. It says freedom of religion, not freedom from religion. Get it right. And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking that's pretty much the same fucking thing. Well, then if we're, you know, if we're going to be, and I also, I'm going to remind all of my panelists, I actually listed the show as for everyone. So don't, don't cuss so much because some of my listeners have kids and stuff. Um, but, but anyway, no, it's no big deal. I get that we're that we're upset about it, but um, the, I give Charlie Veach special permission because he asks me before the show, "Hey, please turn off the profanity filter because I'm not good at not you know being profane." I was like, "Okay, that's fine." But when I listed for everyone, then uh, there's a reason for that. Um, but in any case, uh, that being said, uh, as I was saying from that perspective, though, is that it is also freedom from religion in that you should not have to deal with someone else's religious beliefs. Even if you're just of a different religion, you know, in some of these religions, it's considered extremely sacrilegious to, any, you know, to participate in a prayer to, uh, in another fashion. You know, the Jews don't believe Jesus was the Messiah, so obviously a prayer to Jesus is a sacrilege to them, for you know, because they don't believe he was the Messiah. You know, it would just, it basically at that point, you know, uh, forcing the children to participate in something like that is horrible. You know, and then the rest of this attitude, that's why I was saying coercion and faith. The Muslims even figured this out, at least in their holy book. And I'm not saying there are not theocratic Muslims who feel differently, because there are, obviously. But you're not going to get any kind of real faith out of anything that you've been forced or coerced to do um, at all. That's just the way it is. And then also, the other thing about this, it comes back to indoctrination. The reason I don't want my children exposed to that stuff is because they're at a young age where anything that they are told they will believe. You know, and that's and that's not fair either. That's another reason why that's why I brought up the Amish church. The Amish don't agree with that because it's not real faith at that point. You're taking advantage of the child's um uh, point, you know, where they basically will accept anything you say. You know, at at one point my ex-wife and I were having an argument about the religious, you know, upbringing of our child and uh the the children's godfather and I thought it would be an interesting way to settle the argument by deciding to teach our children about his noodly goodness, the flying spaghetti monster, <laughs> and, uh, and demonstrating to my ex-wife, oh, by the way, they're five and three. They'll believe whatever you tell them. Oh, it, man. I remember uh, I really wanted to um, – has anybody ever seen a documentary called Jesus Camp? Yes. No. Uh, I'm surprised you don't have that on your uh, must-see TV video list, uh, Neil. Just stay out of the religion thing usually on V Radio. The only reason I brought it up this time is because it was so obviously a violation of civil rights. Yeah, that that documentary will scare the crap out of you. I mean, it makes this whole little spiel in a Bastro book like agnosticism. I mean, they have. I mean, when you're talking about the indoctrination of children when they're very young into a faith that they don't even under, fully understand. I mean, there's they have this like uh, this concentration camp where they have the kids speaking in tongues to a cardboard cutout of George W. Bush. So I I, I, I encourage everybody to go on YouTube, type in Jesus Camp, you'll find it. It's um there's this guy called Mr. Mo like you or something like that, he has the video, the documentary on YouTube, so you can go there and watch it. And, right. And brace yourself before you watch it. 
Now, before we go any further, because I haven't heard uh, any further elaboration from Storm Clouds yet, is there anything you wanted to add before I read more of the article? Hmm. Um, yeah, um, I mean, I like a lot of the points people are making there. It definitely a good way to bring people's attention to it is just to, to ask them, you know, well, Mexicans are immigrating at large numbers at some point going to have more Catholics in this country than than evangelicals. How would you feel about them doing Hail Marys up at the top or, you know, talking about the saints or praying to one of the saints at the top? Yeah, imagine if these people had to, like, pray out loud. God, how horrible would that be? <laughs> go, go ahead, Aaron. Just that, even though most people, you know, like, I personally, I look at Catholicism and Christianity and I'm like... <laughs> It's just it's the same thing. It's just you know two different distortions. Um, but to them, it's 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 sacrilegious to even say that because you know if you know the evangelical mentality as well as I do, being raised in a family like that, you know Catholicism is is viewed as as a way to, to hell because you know Virgin Mary is. You know, should never be worshipped because only Jesus should be worshipped and the saints shouldn't be worshipped and all that stuff. So it's basically, you know, a, 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 another hidden form of of satanic um, worship. Right. It's, it's right. crazy. I mean, it's like you can, they can just, people can just turn on each other and just eat each other for for lunch. But um, yeah, <laughs> the, even that would freak them out. And that's yeah, and they don't, and they never think of it that way. And as long as the majority you know, is is happy with what's going on, then the majority will be fine. When the majority becomes the minority, then suddenly it changes. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't think that just because you know the majority of people in Idaho might be Mormon, then that gives them some special right to force their, you know, religious practices on everybody else. And I think that you know, that as the as the article points out repeatedly, there's nothing wrong with individuals praying, and I think that's really how it should be handled. You know, if if you're a Jewish student and you want to pray that way, then that should be your right. If you're an atheist student, you don't want to pray at all, then that should be your right. You know, it's especially when you consider that to an atheist, there's nothing sacrilegious because we don't believe in it. But it's really annoying at that point. It would be and it would be like you know insisting that every Christmas we all you know believe in Santa Claus, even if we're 18 you know, years old. You know, at graduation, you know, it just it you you can't do it that way. You know, it and and expect that to be fair to everybody, especially if everybody's going to be allowed to think. And that's that's why I keep telling people, you know, uh, at the core of faith, it can't be coercive. You know, Muslims understood that there is to be no compulsion in religion. If you're really concerned about that, then the best and the most inspiring people who, if I was ever to be a Christian again, I would probably be a Quaker Society of Friends. You know, I've I've only met a few of them in the modern times, but all the stuff I've read about them, seen the way they behave, they seem like very sincere people. They have a very uh, compelling and inspiring attitude about them, and they're also extremely non-judgmental, and they lead by example. And there's no fire and brimstone, and that's one of the reasons why I think that the way that you know Christianity is often portrayed is is just scary, is because they they rely on the idea of telling you that you have free will, but you better do this or you're going to burn forever. 
you know. Yeah, I think the whole devil thing was invented because there was a point uh, back in the medieval evil times where people stopped coming to church. So they uh, invented the whole hell and fire and brimstone and devil things to um, really encourage people to come back to church because it's like, I don't know, I guess it, it, to really you know put the fear of God in them in some, or something like that. Well, it's the, the reason, and that's actually one of the things that I, I revealed recently, uh, and I, I keep showing this to Acharya S, but, but she doesn't respond, but it has to do with, the, there's a uh, um, documentary series about the history of the devil that just flat out exposes this. Now, I had a long talk with a Jewish rabbi, and one of the things that he told me was that there is no being that is anything close to a Satan in their books. There's a guy called the adversary who essentially is like a prosecuting attorney for God, works for God. Okay, There's no such thing as rebel angels. Angels do not have free will. They can't rebel against God. Um, and he didn't create any beings that oppose him either. You know, that None of that exists in Judaism. And most good people go to heaven in their beliefs. Even if they're, you know, in, even if they're Gentiles. In fact, it's easier for a Gentile to get into a get into heaven because he doesn't have to follow all the laws and the kosher rules. All those rules were just for the Israelites. As long as we're talking about uh, respecting people's beliefs and everything, I'm gonna have to ask you to respect my beliefs in Santa Claus and not try to suggest he doesn't exist. I'm sorry, Frank. You'll have to you'll have to accept. I don't think Santa Claus exists, Frank. Right. <laughs> Well then, Fight. you guys better not get on me about the tooth fairy either. But but I don't right. exist either. Let me. How do you know it's a girl? It could just you know, <laughs> could it could be a guy, a guy fairy. So. Oh please, not that wrestler guy. Uh, uh, I don't even want to remember his name. Just like just, just skip it. All right. Well, let me get back to the article here, and then we'll go back to commentary. Um. Now, let me see. Uh, since there's a lot of what the story is really about, there are a lot of hot-button issues in Damon Fowler's story. There's the depressing fact of how common this kind of story is, the fact that despite the law being unambiguous on the subject, public schools around the country are continuing to sponsor prayers and otherwise promote theocracy in flagrant violation of the law, apparently in the hopes that nobody will want to make waves and speak out against it. There's the lack of understanding in the United States about fundamental civics, the all-too-common belief that majority rules in every situation, and the all-too-common failure to comprehend the principle that the minority has basic civil rights. There's the ugly, ugly reality of the anti-atheist bigotry and discrimination across the country, especially in high schools. According to J.T. Eberhard, high school specialist for the Secular Student Alliance, quote, in Alabama, Auburn High School is refusing to allow SSA affiliate in Crankston, Rhode Island, the public schools facing ACLU uh, lawsuit for refusing to take down a secretarian prayer, a banner posted in the school gym. In Texas, we had a student who was told he could have a secular club if he called it a philosophy club and didn't affiliate it with the SSA. The list of similar situations is a mile long, and these are only the ones I've become aware of in my first four and a half months on the job. The Fowler incident is much closer to them being the norm than the exception. On the next page, uh, there are rants about religion to be had here as well. There's the level of not only hostility, but panicked hostility when entrenched religion gets its privileged status threatened. There's the way that religion relies on social consensus to perpetuate itself and how, when that consensus is threatened, it commonly reacts by smacking down dissent and expelling dissenters. There's the idea that the unverifiability of religion, the beliefs in invisible, inaudible, intangible gods, promising in afterlife, nobody can know anything about, 
means that the harm done in its name has the unique capacity to spin off into the stratosphere. Since there's no reality check, there's the image of religion as a colossal fortress protecting a house of cards, powerful massive structures and institutions staunchly buttressed and hotly defended to ensure that nobody ever examines the ideas inside and sees how flimsy they are. And of course, duh, there's separation of church and state. There's the principle that a public school should not be sponsoring prayers at graduations. What with the being a government establishment of religion and all, and thus being, oh, what's that word? Unconstitutional. All of that is important. But there's something else important going on here. And that's the way that the atheist community has stepped up to the plate. Damon Fowler has been embraced and welcomed by the atheist community. Atheist writers have been all, have been all over the story from the moment it broke. It's been covered on Friendly Atheist, uh, Farnagula, Black Hag, and Richard Dawkins Foundation, Atheist Revolution, The Thinking Atheist, Atheist Underworld, WWJTD, Rock, Rock Beyond Belief, the list goes on. Several atheist organizations are applauding Fowler for his courage. American Atheist said to Fowler, this kid deserves mad props for letting his principal know under no uncertain terms that the ACL would be contacted if the prayer wasn't canceled. Good job, Damon. You speak for the freedom of people who are trapped in the Bible Belt. <laughs> J.T. Eberhard, high school specialist for the Secular Student Alliance, said, Despite the vile threats, bullying, and hatred that his community has given him, we recognize Damon for what he is, a brave student speaking up for religious liberty and inclusion. Freedom From Religion Foundation spoke about his courage in speaking out for his and other students' rights. And it's not just the atheist thought leaders, it's the on-the-ground community. Fowler has received an outpouring of support from atheists around the country and around the world. The Support Damon group on Facebook has over 10,000 members as of this writing, and yes, I also am a member of that. The Reddit posts from Damon and his brother Jarrett discussing these events have been loaded with expressions of empathy and outrage. Atheist forums and blog comment, threat, comment threads about Fowler all over the Internet have been extensive and passionate, and many atheists have written letters to the Bastrop High School administration expressing their support for Fowler's position and their opposition to the prayer. This support isn't only emotional either. Emotional support is not trivial, of course. It's hugely important, especially when you're being ostracized, targeted with a hateful smear campaign, and driven from your home. But a tremendous amount of practical and financial support is coming from the atheist community as well. Many atheists have offered Fowler transportation, legal advice, meetup groups, places to stay, physical protection, connections with others who could provide additional practical help, and more. The Freedom from Religion Foundation has given Fowler a $1,000 college scholarship. And perhaps most dramatically, friendly atheist blogger Hamant Meheta, which I'm sure I said wrong, has established a scholarship fund for Fowler so he can attend college despite being cut off financially by his parents, and the response has been overwhelming. As of this writing, I guess we've updated this once already on the show, but the atheist community has donated over $15,000, essentially filling that role his parents would have abandoned. Um, <laughs> now, why am I bringing this up? One of the chunks of mud that's most commonly slung at atheists is that we're selfish, amoral, that without the peace of God and the afterlife, people would have no moral compass and would just act to please themselves without any consideration for others. That without a belief in eternal punishment in the afterlife for bad behavior, eternal reward in the afterlife for good behavior, and a supernatural authority figure refereeing it all, people would have no reason to be good people and no reason to avoid doing terrible things. That without religion, people would have no compassion, no sense of justice, no empathy, no desire to see society running smoothly and would just do whatever we wanted to do. You know, compassion, like the compassion that leads you to throw your 
uh, 17-year-old son out on the porch because he doesn't believe the same way you do. That's serious compassion. <laughs> but when Damon Fowler was suffering and in need, the atheist community stepped up. It provided compassion. It demanded justice. It offered emotional support. It offered practical support. It opened, it, it opened its wallets. It made it unassailably clear to Damon Fowler that he was not alone, that although his school, his community, even his parents had all turned their backs on him, atheists would take care of him as best they could until he could take care of himself. It made it clear that even though he no longer had a home in Bastrop, he had a home in this movement. When Damon Fowler was suffering and in need, the atheist community proved itself to be a real community. If atheism means we just do whatever we want to do, then apparently what we want to do is take care of each other. Apparently what we want to do is help people have, who have been injured. Apparently what we want to do is speak out against wrongdoing. Apparently what we want to do is just put, put a stop to injustice. Apparently, what we want to do is make sacrifices for people in need, a whole lot more than the Christians in Bastrop, Louisiana. I'm not saying that atheists are morally, morally superior to religious believers. I don't think that, and I'm not saying that, I am, uh, that, uh, that I'm saying that at all. I'm aware that many religious believers are good, compassionate people with a strong sense of justice. I'm even aware that many religious believers, indeed many Christians, are appalled by what's happening to Damon Fowler and oppose it with every breath in their bodies. And I'm aware that many atheists are hostile, self-involved schmucks. Believe me, I'm aware of that. But that's not my point. My point is this human being, uh, my point is this, human beings don't need God to be good. Human ethics seem to be wired into our brains. Through millions of years of evolution as a social species, and every human being who isn't a sociopath has them, some of us act on them better than others. But we all have them, whether they're Christians, Jews, Muslims, Hindu, Buddhists, Rastafarian, Wiccan, and atheists. And my point is this. The next time someone tells you that atheists, all atheists are selfish and immoral, remember Damon Fowler. Remember the religious community that bullied him, harassed him, ostracized him, and drove him out. And remember the atheist community that took him in. So that was the conclusion of the article. I think the, the blogger did a good job with it. Um, I'm going to let, actually, uh, Aaron Moritz go first uh, in comments about this. Oh, you caught me off guard there going first to me. <laughs> um, Do that here on V-Radio. Catch you off guard. Make you <laughs> On the next episode of V-Radio, we put Aaron Moritz on the spot. He's pillarized. Yeah, no, they they made a lot of good points just about the atheist community um, coming together, which is a really beautiful thing. <laughs> um, yeah, go to go to someone else. No problem. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to the other Aaron. Storm clouds, what do you have to say? Yeah, it's interesting. It's um, it's good that, the, that there is something of a community there because for a long time it has kind of seemed like there wasn't. I mean, I think that's a lot of, a lot of the reason a lot of people do um, gravitate towards religion. I do know for a fact that there are people in my family who um, don't really sincerely believe those things that are taught very much anymore, but they go because... Uh, that's the most tightly knit social community that you can have in um, American society. Um, you know, even especially living out here, you know, where I am, you know, every, every time somebody's in, at all interested in getting to know me, they say, you should come to our church. Closed door. Well, you know, I'm, we're kind of considering it's just, 
it's just kind of something I always just forget because like Sunday is like a day I usually try to enjoy, <laughs> you know, like not go <laughs> myself through what I, uh, the torture that I went through for 17 years in my childhood. Oh, but believe me, if somebody invited me to a church uh, and everybody who knows me well enough, they know, don't invite me to your church. Because, <laughs> because unlike the rest of the head bobbing uh, worshipers in a church, I actually ask questions. <laughs> And I ha- and I have fun doing that. And you do that a couple of times, and people will know to stop inviting you to church. Like at the- church during the ceremony, you ask questions. I, I don't disrupt the ceremony, but uh, but I will. Uh, uh, usually, there is a situation of sorts where the person who invited you will introduce you to the priest or the preacher or, or the father or whoever happens uh, to be presiding, yeah. and it is at that moment. Uh, you ask questions that would, uh, uh, depending on what questions you ask, you could actually humiliate the person who invited you, um, while at the same time asking perfectly honest and innocent questions. <laughs> and I have no qualms doing that. Right. Well, in my particular situation, having community would actually be really nice. That's the thing, that's, that's the thing I was trying to bring up there, is that you know, the, the atheist, uh, that particular approach that you're talking about right there, you know, it won't buy you any friends. It won't bring you closer to the people around you. And I think that's the reason a lot of people do tend to be, you know, they'll cling on to it even if they don't actually fully believe it anymore. But just because it, it gives them that place where they can have friends or have people they, they care, that at least superficially care about them and often genuinely care about them who will, you know, invite them to events and take invite them to their houses. And, you know, that's, that is lacking in secular culture. It really is. It's just something, you know, having help with your family and having, you know, events for kids to get together and, and do things like that. I mean, you know, this is, you know, what, what's being demonstrated there in this particular case is a, a great um, show of support, but it's also a good, also a good reminder of why, you know, what things that we need to strengthen. I mean, people, people do miss that. You know, not necessarily the strong, intellectually independent people who just, you know, who are like paving the roads. But, you know, the average everyday Joe does have some needs like that. I I uh, find that to be true, though, uh, that that the religious community has so much more strength than the non-religious community. Um, My experience, it's very clear. I mean, just but. I see. What, I see that you're both right, uh, actually. But go, go ahead and finish, Aaron. Well, I mean, I would challenge anybody to name a group that you can find in every single town, no matter what part of the country you're in, where you can have at least guaranteed at least one day a week where you can go and meet with people, eat, you know, meet, have, make friends, meet them, and possibly have other connections. Most likely, have two to three times a week where you can do it. And where they'll be guaranteed a place where they'll take care of your kids, um, you know, everything is accounted for. I mean, imagine that for atheists. Is it out there? I mean, yes. am I completely wrong? Yeah, it is out there. Yeah, the the, the local freethinkers group here in, here in town is it, well, uh, they're they're completely non-religious. The group is nothing but atheists, agnostics, and. and yeah, there, there is a very strong sense of community. Right. I think Aaron right. was saying that that's not very common. You know, I mean, I've Crockett, never heard of that Crockett, until you talked about it. I mean, Crockett, Texas, 
I mean, you gonna find that? <laughs> wow. I, I mean, I mean, you're not gonna find it here. I guarantee you. I mean, I remember uh, a particular thing that happened with atheists. I, I'm pretty sure all you guys heard about the, the that uh, reverend guy who was who predicted that the world was going to end on like May 21st. And what the atheists did in that area did they set up a website where they, where they said, "Oh, uh, you guys are going off to heaven in the rapture with Jesus. Hey, you know, why don't we uh, buy your stuff since you guys got our guys don't need possessions anymore? So we'll take your stuff." And I was like, "What are you guys doing?" What if they're gonna they're destroying their lives? What if they I mean they came back the other day and now they're probably gonna want their stuff back. So you it would probably be good for you to do the right thing and give them their stuff back. Okay. Well, we'll definitely we'll definitely end up talking about this on this broadcast and we'll let Aaron finish what he was saying and then and then we'll go to that because I, I did want to mention, you know, that particular issue, especially since I gotta ask Aaron, you know, what he's gonna be doing with Jim Bob now that he's been raptured. <laughs> well, Jim Bob might have to go through some soul searching, like he, like he did about the Obama issue. Right. He's gonna he's gonna wait till he's gonna wait for October. That's right. Oh um, yeah, that's right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in October. Well, uh, I actually, you know what? I would actually rather take the other angle because, you know, some people, some Christians were actually joining in on it and going like, "Well, yeah, that is funny because those guys were stupid," and, and it's kind of like. Well, yeah, but you guys think it's going to happen anyway, but just not on, in May. I mean, you think he's stupid because he thought it was going to happen in May, right? So somehow, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure I'm, I'm going to go about it. I, what I what I try to do with Jim Bob is try to offend a little bit at a time in in, in slightly different areas, so I don't just like make everybody leave all at once. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want the Christians to stop watching. <laughs> I, I, I want to just I want to I want to like give him a jab every once in a while and then bring him back in. So like at some, at some point pretty soon I need to make some kind of video that the conservatives will go yes that's what I was talking about yes that's what I mean yeah and then you know two weeks later then I can come back with something. So. Hey, uh, Aaron, uh, you, I don't know if this is correct of me to actually say this, but you could be fairly confident that if any of your Christian listeners were listening to this show, uh, they have probably turned it off by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't announce this because I only had about 15 minutes notice. So, so. this is the, the super secret approach that, that we have here with Stormcloud's Gathering is to announce his super secret plans on, on V-Radio because that way he's guaranteed to know none of his Christian listeners are listening because we're all atheists. <laughs> well, I mean, they might be listening, but I, this is not this is not really that deceptive, really. It's just a question. I mean, there's, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm an equal opportunity um, jerk, in that, in that sense. Like I, I'm after the underlying principle, and that, it's not necessarily. I'm not, an, you know, I don't even call myself an atheist. Ooh, here's the cold silence that spreads through the room. Everybody thought that was an atheist in this conversation. No, no, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta no, chill. <laughs> I don't. I mean, you, you could almost even call me a deist, but not not to say that I really have the same idea of what somebody who calls himself a deist has. But you know, I have the kind of a concept of the universe having a, a unified field of awareness, but that's totally dis, totally separate from any ideology that is handed out there in, in mass. And my my main enemy in life, my main the enemy that I see of humanity, is that groupthink, religious think mentality in all of its forms. If that makes any sense, it's, it's just it it really is it is possible to separate the specific concept of 
of some kind of consciousness from the whole religious concept. Does that make sense? That's which is no, which it why, does. Which is why I'm actually married to an atheist, and we get along great. You know, right. I love the way she thinks, and and most of most of the time, my friends are atheists because I like the way they filter reality. It's like, oh, it's got to have proof. You got to have <laughs> logic. And, you, you know, if it's, if it's bullshit, it's bullshit. You got to throw it out the window. With religion, it just doesn't work. So even though I, I have this kind of concept of, of God, quote, unquote, 99% of the people who get, like, when I talk, I'll give the same conversation to two people. Atheists get it. Well, the Christians will just freak out. Right. Uh, well, you know, and I think, actually, I want to make a comment on this before I forget, but you're very right about the community being an element that draws people into Christianity. Um, you know, there was a time not long ago on, on you know, that I volunteered to help a, a Christian effort that was uh, feeding people. You know, like uh, like if you're on welfare, for example, and you run into problems with your food stamps, they'll send you to these people and they give you meals for a month at a time. And, you know, I, I was looking around at the people there and they were all really cool people. And the funny thing is they weren't preaching at anybody. They they weren't, you know, uh, in fact, the, the God word didn't even come up. But there was something very compelling because there was a great community in that church. They would have these meals. You know, you'd come to the meal, you'd eat a meal, and then they'd give you food to take home. And um, they were very nice people, and it was a big group of people, and they all knew each other's names. You know, and you felt like you belonged, even if you had only just met them. You know, and I keep coming back in my mind, and this this is, relates to the issue of whether or not, you know, atheists or Christians are, you know, can be charitable. You know, and it keeps coming back to the, the story that I told a long time ago in my in my rant editorial show that I did that was, no, I mean it, the economy is failing. When I was describing my own situation was the roommate who just abruptly decided to kind of leave without paying rent was the Christian kid who flipped out at us anytime we were talking about atheist stuff in the living room. He would come charging out of his bedroom and insist that we stop. And he went to church every Sunday, you know, and he was really big on that. And the funny thing about all of that is, is that he was within our circle of friends, somebody that nobody else wanted to live with. And I took him in out of the kindness of my heart because, you know, he can be a little bit irritating. Actually, can be a lot irritating. Um, and I took him in, you know, nobody in his church took him in, none of his Christian friends took him in, you know, I took him in, even when we weren't even really getting along at the time, you know, we had some unresolved problems. Me, the agnostic leaning atheist took him in, you know, and he, the Christian decided that he was just going to up and move out fully aware of the fact that that could very easily put my entire family out of our house, you know. Um, and that's an example of uh, the fact that by no means is morality something that's dependent on all of that. And that's actually something that occurred to me when I was looking at that community was I was like, all of these people, you know, are compelled to, to take care of the poor. And they I, I, but do they are, are they doing this because they believe that they're, you know, that there's a divinity that will let them into paradise if they do it. Now, if that's the only reason they're doing it. Is it really an act of kindness if you're doing it under the impression that that's how you're going to get into heaven? You know, if the only reason you're refraining from being a jerk is because you don't want to go to hell, is that really you being polite or is that you being coerced? 
into behaving a certain way. Led the Zeppelin whole, wrote a song about that. What's what, which one? Call, uh, it's called "Stairway to Heaven." <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought about that. Go uh, ahead, Nick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I I have something to add to it as well. Um, yes, I, I do understand that uh, that religion can provide a sense of community, and uh, uh, and you know a way to get to get together with other people and and help take care of each other. And some of those groups, especially the ones that really don't proselytize heavily at their groups, they're they're great. They're they're absolutely wonderful. But at the same time, if you are pursuing a sense of community and it comes with a condition that you have to believe as the community does, then there is no way that you're actually going to uh, get the fulfillment. You know, you, know you, you just, I mean, it's like what Gabor Mate said about having a human need to be uh, accepted and received for who you are. You're not going to get that from a community that expects you to believe as you, as they do when you honestly don't. And um, I had a similar issue like that uh, some time ago where there was this heavily Christian friend of mine here in town who offered to set me up with, uh, with uh, um, a girl that she knows uh, but it was conditional. Uh, she, uh, she knew that I uh, was not a Christian, and she said, I can set you up, but would you please at least try going to church, at least try believing in God? And, uh, and I told her, uh, no, uh, I'm not going to do that. And I, I can give you a couple of reasons why. It would be offensive to everybody in that church if I showed up there just because I wanted to hook up with some girl. It would be offensive to the girl if I pretended to believe in something that I didn't just because I wanted a date. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it doesn't even permit me to be honest with myself. Exactly. I agree with you, Chris, and uh, I guess I came out with that because it was just that, that one occurrence I uh, stated about uh, the atheists trying to take the stuff away from you know post-raptured Christians. Uh, but I guess yeah, I, mean, I guess I was just trying to point out that there is a there is a dark side to every you know ideology. I guess I mean, I'm, and the first time I encountered that was when I went on to the atheist experience uh, blog, and they had a review for Zeitgeist moving forward. I was like, oh, this 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 probably be great, and it was just a giant ad hominem. I was like just completely shocked and turned off from the whole the the atheist experience blog and that whole little movement there. Uh, just to point that out, right. Now, um, I'm going to ask, actually, uh, Frank, did you have more that you wanted to add? Because I didn't actually give you a chance to speak specifically yet. Right, yeah. And see, we, we're talking about community here. And one of the things that I'm noticing in this is we're talking about the community. Of, well, um, uh, Storm Clouds mentioned it earlier when he was talking about the, the religious community, the Christian community, and finding great acceptance and finding it all over the place. But here's the thing. If you don't believe the way they do, and I mean exactly, then you're not very well accepted, are you? Look at this this child that we're talking about, this 17-year-old, who was kicked out of his family home for speaking out against prayer in school. Right. Exactly. I mean, I, w I wanted to point that we're out. We're not I mean, even saying that he, he quit, you know, that he said, well, um... It, we're not. It's not even about the fact that he said I don't believe in God. It's about the fact that he said we shouldn't be doing this in school. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, the thing I was surprised about about that was, uh, I mean, if this child's parents were so goddamn religious and if they were so offended by what he did, I mean, why did they? Why did his? Why did they let his son gravitate to atheism? I mean, I think it's pretty apparent that you know religion wasn't the center. Uh, focus of the household. I mean, I, it seems to me that this whole um, this whole thing of what they were doing with how they just kicked the, their son out of the house was that you know the, what their son did bruised their reputation. That's that's how it comes off to me. Cause it, well, I could probably answer that question for you. Um, uh, as one of you guys mentioned earlier, you mentioned the atheist experience. I actually watched that show. I'm a big fan of Matt Dillahunty. Um, and these guys have spoken to more than a few kids, you know, teenagers between the ages of six and you know all the way up to, all the way up to, um, uh, you know, individuals in, the, in their twenties, who became atheist while living in their parents' home, and their parents never knew. There was one in particular who was on the show some years ago, a kid who went by the name Schwanerd, and he. Uh, he was raised in a deeply religious home, uh, and uh, you know his mother was uh, was a devout Christian and sent him to Jesus camp <laughs> every year. And uh, you know it was like uh, the last couple of years when he had finally become atheist and and he continued going to Jesus camp even though he was he was no longer a believer. But what happened to him? And he admitted this on the air. He got on the internet and really started studying. He wanted to know how to debate with atheists. He started looking at the Bible, learning his history, and learning really learning his theology. And it just kind of went the other way for him. <laughs> and it's what it's what the um, I've heard more than a few uh, really outspoken atheists point out that if you want to make your kid atheist, give him a Bible. And that's exactly what happened to this kid. One thing I'd like to clarify, and this is not from a state of defense to the Christian culture, but just so that we don't get accused of misrepresenting things, because that's important. Um, my experience has been, having been in these situations, that they are not against having non-believers come into the church. They look at that as an opportunity. So they will do everything in their power to warm you up and welcome you and show you love in that context because they're, you know, they got their game face on. This is Sunday, um, so they're, they're they're doing their best to present their good face, and they're glad to have the opportunity to 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 try to rope you in as long as they can. They will. I mean, I've been in situations where I was very clear and where, where I stand and. They would just be very, very nice, very, very gentle, even to the point where I'm, you know, really pushing their buttons. What they don't like, though, is if you, in a separate social context where they're trying to, you know, you know like in that situation where we're going to the school, where you kind of short circuit their ability to get their message out. They don't like. By the that. way, Aaron, were you trying to make like a football pun where you said it was game day on Sunday? I don't know. That's kind of made me chuckle a little bit. I wasn't thinking in terms of football. I was thinking in terms of them being on performance <laughs> mode. But, yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, it, it, Go ahead, Aaron. But, yeah, I mean, it is a performance thing. I mean, it really is. If, if, you've, if you've been raised in that I – mean, I don't know how many of you guys were raised in a extremely serious evangelical home, but it, it's, one of the, it's one of those kind of things. It's like it's, – it's, it's a very – your whole world revolves around it. My parents, though, 
they weren't Sunday Christians. They were all week Christians. So, um, it's kind of um, it's, it's kind of hard to to get it get it across to people how just how much there is this 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 pressure to give a good face to Christianity in general. It, but they usually tend to lose it when they lose the ability to speak. Does that make sense? No, I understand. Yeah. My mother is a my mother's a Catholic. She she views herself as a Catholic and every time we pass in front of a Catholic church especially or a cemetery even and it really doesn't matter if the cemetery is Baptist or Catholic or whatever she will make the sign of the cross and it's and, and without even looking, without a second glance, she just she makes the sign of the cross and it's like how the hell did you know that was there? <laughs> I've seen it several times. That's how I know. <laughs> okay. And what does that give you? Peace of mind. That's pretty much it. But my thing is, um, damn, I had a point that I was going to make. It seems like just about every time I have uh, a chance at a microphone uh, on my own show or uh, on your show or along with Thunder, I have a point and I lose it somewhere. So I'll come back to it later. That's fine. Did you finish your point, Aaron, or not? Sorry, I had my mic turned off. Yeah, that, that, that was my point. I just wanted to clarify that just because, you know, the people had said that, you know, you have to believe. Obviously, that's what's underneath the surface. That's what's underneath. They, they want you to believe. And, you know, they're but they're, they're holding out for the moment when they're going to get you because they, they believe in their hearts what they have is truth. And so... You know, someday you're going to get it. What really threatens that is civility and logic. That's a, like, and that's something that some people don't know how to deliver in that context, especially if you have an emotional reaction to religion. But if you can learn to keep it very calm and start referring to the Bible as your point of reference or referring to God as your point of reference, even whether you believe it or not, if you're wanting to actually make a shift in their way of thinking, you have to put the, their their ideals up against each other because it's all contradictory. You know, God is love, yet God sends his children to hell because they don't come up with the right belief in this one lifetime. Hmm, let's consider this, you know. Like, put this up against, you know, how you feel about your uh-huh. child. Would you do this? Would you torture your child for... Five minutes. Would you torture your child for five hours because they don't believe the right thing? Now uh, I have to. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, jump in. I was going to say to the uh, the other Aaron, what, was it you who put in that video you had about religion that little brief cartoon about the about was it Abraham being told he needed to kill his son? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, I I just I ripped that off YouTube. Actually, it was some. Uh, actually religious cartoon and i just uh put some subtitles under it with like you know some uh like what's actually going on here like because they make it sound so innocent oh you know he's just he's doing this for god he's taking his son up to be killed for god i was yeah yeah no that was my video that was the even worse part about it was that it was a cartoon you know, <laughs> we're yeah, presenting no, it's a this series for children. Yeah, we're presenting this to children that it's acceptable for God to say to a father, "Hey, uh, I I really like you to take your son up to the top of this mountain and kill him for me." 
you know, I mean, God, of course, stays his hand and sends an angel and tells him to stop. But it just, <laughs> come on. Seriously, if anybody ever told you to do that, you'd, you'd tell them to go take a freaking flying leap. You know, when I when I ask Christians about that, that a lot of them say that it was a uh, uh, precursor to Jesus, like for some somehow I don't really understand the argument well enough to make it, but um, it was um, the, the archetype of the story of Jesus, like a sacrifice of a child. So I I don't know. But there's there's always some of- convoluted logic they can come up with for anything. There's a part of that story that's often left out uh, of the context, um, and, and that's oh, that Abraham, actually, at the time that he was told to do this sacrifice thing, his name was Abram. He was later renamed by God to Abraham, but in any case, um, he's told to bring his son up to the mountain or to the mountain and uh, sacrifice him because of the fact that he did not have a sacrificial lamb. Okay. And so because he didn't <laughs> oh, have a suitable sacrificial lamb, he he was told to bring his son in its stead. Okay. That was it? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't have a lamb. Okay, just kill your boy. Okay. Yep. No problem, dude. Kill your son. I'm just testing your faith here. You know. Don't go down to the marketplace. Get a new sheep. Just kill your son. I don't care. Yeah, I want to see you know how good of friends we really are. So... Uh, One thing I want to say about uh, the community aspect we're all talking about is just that it's um, really unfortunate that even though there is these great communities in every city of, you know, Christians, whatever, or even the atheist ones that are coming up now or agnostic ones, like, they're still, it's a divisionary thing to say, you know, this is a group of atheists who are helping people instead of just, you know, it's a community of people and instead of having all these artificial divisions um that it's not a real community well it is a real community but how um if you're being exclusionary then it um it it's uh i don't know not as effective as a community i i see where you're going with that um you know because we wouldn't want to say well sorry man i can't help you out because you're christian It's not a very atheist perspective either. I I see where you're going with that, but I also understand that atheists do need to, you know, to do things to be aware of situations like this and come together to help out, you know, people who are standing up for it. But, you know, but also, like I said, though, I I think that there are Christians that would donate to such a fund as well. And that's one of the reasons why I felt the whole thing was so ridiculous is because uh, that's not how Jesus would have handled that at all. You know, not at all. You know, that's out of the context of anything else that he's ever done in in, in the New Testament. There's just no way, you know, um, and it, that's and that's why I keep coming back to, you know, inspiring is the way to get people to believe a certain way or to make them consider where you're coming from a hell of a lot better than any form of coercion. And that's why I pointed out my attitude about, OK, well, you know. My parents have this religious belief, and it led them to throw me out on the street with no concern about my future. You know, if if you take out the names, that's the other thing I always find a little weird about this. It is one thing also that alternative religions have pointed out that I tend to also, you know, although I don't value alternative religions any more than that, you know, but there are groups that get labeled as cults, you know, that uh, are, you know, unusual religions by Christians, and they don't even it doesn't even really occur to them that every definition of a cult 
applies to basically any religion and any behavioral situation. Like, for example, you know, if, you know, because people have labeled the Zeitgeist movement that way, even though it's a political activist movement. But, you know, if, if, if there was ever a story that a parent chose to throw someone out of their house for not believing in a resource based economy solution, you know, they'd be all over that. Oh, you see what this evil cult did? You know, these guys are bad. You know, these people threw their kids out on the street for not, you know, believing in Jack Fresco's work. You know, yeah, it would become the whole movement does this. <laughs> right. But even more to the point, they would, they would observe it as cult behavior. But when Christians do that, that's acceptable. You know, which doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, if I, if I could add something uh, to that, Neil. Um, let's see. If, if I, if I, if, assuming I'm not infected by Frank's uh, ability to lose my point while I'm trying to think of it. Okay, <laughs> now, now I got it. Um we can we can sit here and 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 discuss our uh, disagreements with Christian theology, and I know we've kind of bounced in that direction a couple of times, and it was never my intention to do that. Uh, but it doesn't it's not even really relevant to this particular story because I am I mean as you pointed out, these people haven't a clue uh, what their theology is all about. They haven't a clue what Jesus is all about, and I would probably uh, uh, I'm suspicious that. Uh, that most of them have never even cracked a Bible. Yep. I, yeah. If they did, they would have understood that. They would have understood that prayer is supposed to take place in your home, in private. You're, you are not supposed to stand and make a public spectacle out of your prayers, as Jesus said the hypocrites do. And these Hallelujah. And uh, there was uh, Bill Maher actually coined a new, a new phrase for these people. They're not followers of Jesus. They're fans of his. In truth, they have no idea what their theology actually states. They're just going through the motions and calling themselves Christian. Which brings me back to that point that I was going to make earlier and forgot all about. Um, and thank you, Chris. Apparently you are the cure, Chris. You're the cure. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, yeah. Frank. Um, there's this quote that I had run across when I was writing that book on philosophy and religion and science and where they – uh, universal truth was what that book was really supposed to be all about. Um, in any case, this quote that I ran across suggests that um, a little bit of philosophy will lead men's minds away from God, but a depth in philosophy will bring men's hearts back to him. And I find this to be true of religion, actually, uh, in reverse, though. A whole, a little bit of religion, a little bit of the Bible will make you religious as all, as all get out. <laughs> Caught myself. Edited for B Radio Television. <laughs> Go ahead. It'll make you, it'll make you thoroughly religious. But if you spend as much time reading the Bible as you do talking about it, you will end up being me. Right, not religious that's, at all. I have to say that's probably what did it to me is that um, I was so Christian. We were we had a Bible quiz team where we would compete against other churches, and <laughs> nobody wanted to touch the Old Testament or Revelation because they were so weird. So that yeah. was my job, and it was reading that stuff that made me go, "Holy crap! Really? You have to kill all the men, women, and children, or God will punish you? You know, if you don't do this in this one city, you know, it's like whoa." 
then this one guy, he offers his two daughters to these crazy people in Sodom and Gomorrah because that's, you know, better, better than, you know, letting them touch one of these angels. Or, you know, I just was like, some of the stuff that's in the Old Testament in particular is just gruesome. And it's funny to me, though, is that they will just dismiss that, especially like one of my favorite conversations ever was with one of my ex-girlfriend's parents. And, you know, they're like, well, that's the Old Testament. Jesus changed all that. And I said, so you're saying the Old Testament is irrelevant? Yeah, uh, that's what we're saying. Oh, okay. So then being gay is all right then. And they're like, wait, what? I was like, that's in the Old Testament, guys. That's not in the New Testament anywhere. Well, so are the commandments. Well, wait a minute. Uh, I'm like, no, no. The, 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 all the stuff about being gay being bad is in the Old Testament. So it, I, I guess what you said is right. You know, I guess that Jesus came to tell us that being gay was okay. You know, they didn't want any part of that, of course, as you can imagine. But this is how little these people really know about their Bible. You know, yeah, and, and, and on top of thing. that, uh, I'm okay, sorry, yeah. I'll try to be real quick. On top of that, uh, one of the first lines that Jesus delivered on the Sermon of the Mount in the New Testament is that not a jot nor tittle of the Old Testament laws would change until all has come to pass. Right. That's inclu- including kosher law, which they somehow wiggle their way out of by some other obscure passage. Yeah, but that, that goes to what I was going to point out, which is that uh, that Christ said, well, no, all of the old laws are still, you know, true, but this is true also kind of right. thing. And, and, and if you point that out to the Christians, because it's not the Jews that are arguing against this. It's not the Muslims, as far as I know, that are arguing against this. The, the other two uh, Abrahamic religions. Um, it's just the Christians who try to suggest that, well, no, Jesus changed all of that for us. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. You saved us from a whole bunch of nonsense that was that didn't make sense, you know, and you brought about a bunch of stuff that um, okay, still doesn't make sense, but uh, makes more sense than the other stuff. It's it's at least nicer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, um, uh, this has been a great show, and I want to thank everybody for being on tonight. We're now down to the last uh, three minutes, I want to say. Um, no, two minutes, actually. I'm going to give everybody here who has their own website and all that an opportunity to give it. Um, and Nick, uh, I look forward to our future shows about Project Cybersyn. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, me and Neil, if anybody is, who's listening right now, me and Neil have been talking about this, and I've been doing a lot of extensive research research about um, Stafford Beer and Project Cybersyn, the, the, the attempt to regulate uh, the Chilean colony in the 1970s by uh, by cybernetic com- computerization. I've been doing a lot of research. I've been writing this um, article, which is actually not no longer an article it's actually an essay uh it's about 30 pages long now uh but it's what i'm trying to do is take his ideas take technologies that we have today and apply them and try to make uh, try to make a, a resource based economy moneyless society uh a technical viability and it's going to be it's probably it's probably going to be a little bit too long to do until all one show and um it's probably going we're gonna, probably going to talk about it in chunks and we're going to we're gonna have probably have panels. I know Chris. I know Chris wants to be on there because he's a computer specialist, and uh, he, he he his uh, input would be very valuable when when those shows um, finally come online. Right. Well, let me go ahead and uh, just 
you know, basically go through all of that, but just to cut it down is that Project Cybersyn was a project using computers from the 70s to successfully exactly. regulate an economy and give people information, critical information. Okay, um, Aaron, you want to give out, meaning Aaron Moritz, uh, your, your, what was your website again? Uh, it's uh, my. You can find all my videos at theinfiniteyes.com. And that's and, uh, infinite without an E, right? Yeah, that's right, but it works either way. Okay, you can also find that in the links section on my website. And uh, Aaron Stormclouds. Um, WaitingForTheStorm.com. You can find all my links to my YouTube channel and to my Facebook and Twitter, which I use to post interesting links that are not my videos. And, um, yeah, my YouTube channel, Stormclouds Gathering, all one word. Okay, uh, Frank, uh, go ahead and talk about your show. Briefly, uh, the sideshow is on hiatus right now. I am looking for someone who can help me, who someone who's familiar with web development, because I would like to build a full-on, much better website for the whole thing. Guilty. And until I can get that better, I'm gonna be on hiatus. I, I want to have something fully fleshed out. All right. Well, we're down to the last 10 seconds, um, and I know that uh, you have a YouTube channel as well. Panera will get that out later. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in tonight. Please visit my website and consider a donation. I will leave you with some words from Jock Fresco and Roxanne Meadows. This is Roxanne Meadows. And this is Jock Fresco. And you're listening to V Radio.